This is Phoenix FM. Later, we have Natasha Radford, owner of the Chicken and Frog Bookshop in Brentwood, with us to talk about children's literature. And we've got Barry Burke, the theatre manager at the Broadway Theatre, Barking, who will be stopping by to talk all things panto and uh, a wrap-up of all things pantomime in this festive season. We've got a feature on local rising stars for you to look out for. And there's a roundup of what's on and what's happening in film, theatre and music throughout the programme. Hello, I'm Claire. Hi, I'm Rob. And this is the Arts Programme. And uh, we'll be looking at some children's books today. What's your favourite children's book ever? Claire, what's yours? Hmm. I didn't really like reading books when I was a child, so I've read children's books as an adult. So um, one of the children's book series I really like is um, Alan Garner, who wrote a number of children's books, but there's a really lovely short stories book that I've read to my children, actually part of a kind of family tradition. So there's an Alan Garner short stories book, and there's some really interesting and quite dark little short stories in there they're all they're all a bit sort of slightly gruesome and a bit dark so I quite like those okay what about you Rob well me um, I'm a bit of a Dr Seuss fan I guess oh, so I was you? there I think with my oldest son Captain Underpants was done to death and uh, with my youngest son the Tom Palmer books on uh, Football Academy were probably the ones there um, 
But uh, later in the programme, we've got Natasha Radford from Chicken and Frog to tell us about why she started a children's bookshop and plans they've got for a big move. But we'd like to hear from you about what your favourite children's book is. So you can email us on radio at phoenixfm.com or tweet us on Programme Arts and let's see if we can get some great ideas. What have we got on first, though, Claire? Well, we are really delighted to have a guest. I've got two guests, actually, haven't we, today? But we're really delighted to have Barry Burke here, who's the manager of the Broadway Theatre, Barking. And also, we're particularly delighted to have Barry here because he's got a cold and he's not feeling brilliant, and he came all the way in to come and chat to us. So, Barry, thank you very much for being here. That's all right. <laughs> you didn't sound that quite that no, bad. No, I'm but, but thank you very much for being here. And we thought you're a, you're a lovely Brentwood resident, so you're, you're, you weren't far away to come in at the no. last, bit of the last minute. But um, but we thought we'd have a bit of a chat with you because one of one of the themes of this week's show is all about panto, mm-hmm. all about pantomime, and obviously. And uh, the Broadway Theatre Barking has Robin Hood as its current pantomime. Jack and the Beans. Sorry, where did I get Jack and the Where did I get Robin Hood from? Sorry, Jack Joey. and the Beans. Oh, sorry, <laughs> bad Claire, bad bad research there. Um, and but I'd like to talk to you a little bit about how you got into theatre because I think one of the things that Rob and I are really keen to do whilst we're doing this programme is to kind of talk a little bit about the jobs and the roles in the arts and sort of get get a little bit under the skin of how people got into those roles and what they actually do. Mm. So can you tell us a little bit about how long you've been at, at the Broadway and what how, what how did you get into that in the first place? Well, I've been at the Broadway for nine years now. And before that, I was at Theatre Royal Stratford East as, uh, as their... Uh, marketing manager for uh, uh, for a few years uh, but my route into theatre was through marketing I was first and foremost a marketing person um, I, I did marketing for Royal Mail actually behind uh, a couple of their uh, advertising campaigns um, and uh, then I made a switch into advertising uh, worked um, with uh, an advertising agency for a few years um, left that after after a little while and wanted to get a job that was local to where I lived at, at the time, um, uh, but also would uh, give me time to be with my young son, who at the time was only two years old. And um, I, you know, advertising didn't really allow that because I was working in central London, and uh, you know, quite often you'd have you know, client things that went on into the late evening or you know, sometime into the into the night. Um, so I, what, I, I stopped enjoying that, and I wanted a job that was that was relatively local to where I live. Um, could use the marketing experience that I built up over the years, um, but also uh, was kind of part of a local community I was looking for something in the local community really um, and uh, at the time I, I, I lived uh, walking distance from Theatre Royal Stratford um, and they were looking for uh, a head of marketing so I applied for the job and got it. And what was your experience in theatre growing up as a, as a child? Did you go to theatre much? Was it an art form that you were really interested in? Or? I, I, I wouldn't say I went to theatre much as a child. Uh, my, my, my first theatre experience was actually panto, as it is for most children. Um, I saw um, Babes in the Wood with Jimmy Tarbuck <laughs> um, at, uh, at the London Palladium. Uh, and that was in the early 1960s. Um, and, and apart from that, I, I remember going to the Little Angel Puppet Theatre uh, in Islington because that's where I was born and brought up. 
Um, but then not too much um, until um, until I was a bit older, and then. Um, probably mostly because my sister was involved in uh, theatre and I uh, so I went to see things that she was involved in whether she was acting on stage or something that she might have directed or written or, or, or whatever so I started going to to theatre a bit more a bit more regularly um, you know once I, I, I suppose is in my, my 20s mm. um, but you know that 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 was it I wasn't I wasn't particularly it wasn't like a life ambition to to work in theatre or anything like that the the the, the routine was because I had marketing experience and the theatre at the time was looking for a marketing person so I went in and uh, as I say started working on that but it's a brand new experience for me and and different to any of the marketing I've done before and so you started off at Theatre Royal Stratford East, yeah. and then when did you move to Broadway Barking? Uh, I moved to the Broadway in, in 2010. I'd left Stratford East the year before um, and thought I'd do uh, some you know, freelance work. Um, uh, but, but very I, I thought, I mean, actually, I wasn't looking for a full-time job. Um, uh, I, I wanted to try doing freelance work and just see how I got on with it. But, but within uh, a few, literally a few weeks, I'd been contacted by... Uh, the Broadway because uh, I knew the artistic director who had previously done work at Stratford East and she said well our marketing person's leaving we need to sort out the marketing anyway because um, it wasn't going quite how she had envisaged it and she asked me to come in do a bit of freelancing work and then that quickly turned into a full-time job and nine years later uh, and uh, nine years <laughs> later I'm still there but uh, but no longer as marketing manager uh, I'm now the overall uh, theatre manager, um, so so again, you know that was uh, that was a little bit different uh, taking that over. But because I've been working in theatre a few years by then, it's something that I, you know I think I've managed quite well. And at the time, was moving from theatre or Stratford East to Barking were they different kind of theatres? Because we we hear a lot of you know people who work in theatre understand this, but people perhaps who don't or have never worked in theatre don't always understand the difference of theatres because there's, there's different types of theatre, isn't there? So that's right, yeah. Producing and presenting and... That, that, that's it. Um, theatre Royal is very much a, a producing theatre. Um, and what that means is that they develop their own plays uh, and not, not just plays, musicals as well, um, which um, is, is completely different from a presenting theatre. So just briefly, a presenting theatre is... It, most, I suppose most theatres in the country are, are, are actually presenting theatres. It's the most common model, as it were. And these are the sorts of theatres, like the Broadway, that have shows that are on tour, uh, whether they are uh, music acts, and there's an awful lot of tribute bands going round, uh, for example, or uh, original musicians, or plays, um, dance uh, uh, as well. But they, these tend to be on for maybe one night or two nights at the most and then they're gone again and then you move on to the next one the one exception being panto because almost all theatres in the country put on a panto which is usually on for a longer run I know we're going to be talking about panto later but the difference uh, between that and a, and a producing theatre is a, a producing theatre usually develops the work whether by themselves or in partnership with um, a theatre company and when I say a theatre company I mean a company that isn't necessarily based in a venue but produces theatre so they might partner up with with, with one of those um, to develop a uh, usually a new piece of work which might be new writing or a new production of an existing piece so you know uh, 
Shakespeare, Chekhov, mm. whatever, you know, they, 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 they all get redone in so many ways to produce completely new productions. Um, and then those pieces um, uh, are, are, are worked up, developed, they, they evolve over time. <coughs> all, uh, they, 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 they raise the cash or, or, or fund the production from within, within their own resources. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and then put that show on, and that show will be on their stage for four, five weeks, not just one night and then mm -hmm. gone again. So that's actually a very different model from a presenting theatre. Um, and, and if you like, the, 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 the prime example of a producing theatre is probably the National Theatre, which does exactly that. Um, their, 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 their shows are on for several weeks, sometimes a couple of months. Uh, the, the more successful ones... Um, uh, raise the interest of commercial producers who will transfer them to the West End and the commercial theatre. OK, Barry, um, time to get yourself some water. What a sterling <laughs> job coming, coming in with that. We, when we come back, we're going to have a little chat about pantomimes themselves. But uh, let's hear um, a bit from the Black Eyed Peas after this. Let's live it up. Let's live it up. I got my money. Hey, let's spin it up. Let's spin it. 
Let's do it, let's do it, let's do it, let's do it, and do it, and do it, let's live it up and do it, and do it, and do it, do it, do it, let's do it, let's do it, let's do it, do it, do it, do it. Here we come, here we go, we gotta rock, 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 easy come, easy go. Now we on top, feel the shot, body rock, rockin' don't stop. Radio for Brentwood and Billericay. This is Phoenix FM. Okay, so we're back then with Barry Burke from the Broadway Theatre. Um, that song has a little connection to the Broadway, does it not? Uh, well, it has a connection, yeah. It's, um, it's been uh, performed in uh, pantos at least twice over, over the last four or five years. It's always very, very popular. Uh, and it, it's one of the great things um, uh, with, with pantos. I mean, I, I love, obviously doing the job I, I, I do I've seen lots and lots of panto over the years both at, um, uh, at the Broadway where I am now and at uh, Theatre Royal in Stratford um, so you know you think you, you, you might get a little bit bored, of, uh, bored with it but, but I don't and one of, the, one of the reasons is it always just brings a huge smile to my face when I go into the auditorium I'll, I'll go in during the show I might not necessarily watch the whole show but I'll go in and just see what kind of reaction we're getting from the audience and particularly where we've got the school's performances where you've got 300 munchkins on their feet going nuts waving their arms in the air to a song like that all singing along and you, you, you cannot help but have a huge smile on your face and, and, and maybe even you know, burst out laughing because it's, it's just such fun we have one now with you waving your hands in the air and uh, <laughs> singing along. It was, it, it was great. It was great. Um, was you, I doing that? No, I, oh, just, right. I, I thought I would. <laughs> was you were. I, just, I just loved it. It was great. <laughs> um, just tell us a bit about the, the Broadway Theatre Panto this year then. What, what have you got on? What's, what's happening? Uh, well, well, this year we're doing... Um, we, we, we've got Jack and the Beanstalk. I'll repeat that. It's Jack and the Beanstalk. How could anyone get that wrong? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, which is one of the, the, the can I say it, the, the regular panto titles. There, are, there, are, there were traditionally four titles that used to always rotate. That seems to be expanding a little bit. So you've got other newer titles like Snow White, would you believe, is, is quite a new addition to that uh, uh, bunch of titles. And also uh, Rapunzel. I think particularly since um, uh, Disney brought out Tangled a few years ago, that that has now been uh, added uh, as well as a, as a panto title. Uh, but we're doing Jack and the Beanstalk, is well, which is one of the uh, one of the uh, traditional ones. And um, you know, I, I suppose one of the one of the tricks with panto is trying to to find new ways of telling an old story particularly when you've got to retain not just the, not just the story um, but also some of the traditional panto elements which is one of the reasons why the grown-ups in particular who've been brought up on panto 
want to want to go along and see it and enjoy it. And of course, they're, they're, they're bringing the kids, but really they want to enjoy it for themselves as well. So you've got to retain those traditional elements. You've got to have the story, but you've also got to bring something fresh and new to it. And that, I think, is always a bit of a, a, a balancing trick. We, we work with um, a specialist panto company, uh, Polkadot Pantomimes, and uh, we've been working with them for the last uh, five or six years now, actually, and they, they always bring something fresh to the party. So, for instance, uh, this year, and I hope I'm not giving too much away uh, when I say, so spoiler alert, <laughs> after Jack has gone up to, to Cloudland um, to, uh, to tackle the giant, who is uh, called Trumpety Draws, by the way, um, uh, his his mum wants to go up and and help him, but how is she going to get up to to Cloudland? She can't climb that big beanstalk. It's not really explained how she comes across it, but she seems to come across a red arrow's jet and flies <laughs> up there, um, and it is spectacular. I'm not going to say how it's done because really I don't know myself, but she is in that jet, waving and shouting cooey to the audience as she flies over their heads. So um, oh, you know, that don't, is don't say any more. I mean, that, that's that's more than enough <laughs> with, with the red arrows flying in there. Is, is your you said it's a traditional panto? Is is your Jack uh, a principal boy? Uh, it is a it is a principal boy. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, rather rather than a woman playing the principal boy, mm. um, which is the real tradition. Mm. But but I think um, at least with the pantos that I've seen uh, over the years that. That tradition has largely, not entirely, but but I, I think that particular tradition has been moved away from. Um, yeah, that's to, right. To, to, There's to a bit a of a debate going on uh, at the moment. Uh, there was an article in the stage uh, online that was about an abundance of men playing female characters now, and that that women's roles are potentially getting squeezed out during that. I mean, so you're, you're saying that there is a tradition now of not having a, a female Jack, but still having a male playing. The Dane. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, that's that's from what I've seen. So I'm only going by going by personal experience. I haven't done any surveys or anything like that. I do, I do remember going to see um, uh, a panto um, three or four years ago at Queen's Theatre Hornchurch, where the uh, principal boy was played by a woman. And you know what? It, 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 I, at first, I thought, "Blimey, me, that's that, that's a bit weird." And until I thought, "No, no, that's the tradition. That's the way it always was." Mm. Um, but but. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know the answer to that uh, because I, I, I don't know if that's true throughout the country. Uh, of course, as I said, we, we work with a pantomime specialist company who are not just putting on a panto uh, in Barking, but also in, you know, 10 other towns uh, across the east of England. And and I think, you know, they will they will have a, a, a similar structure to each of those in terms of their, their casting yes, policy. Yes, I, I think... I think this article was suggesting you need to be quite imaginative about it. Um, the Towngate Theatre in Basildon had Auntie Banazar for the resident villain uh, there, there. So Sophie Ladd's actually played that, which was very, mm. very, very different I- in that one. Um, this all came about because at the London Palladium, they've got Goldilocks and the Three Bears. And when the poster came out, Twitter was going mad with things like, any women in this one? And... Uh, because you couldn't find a woman on the poster there. And where's Goldilocks? They didn't even have Goldilocks on, on the panto. I don't know, Claire, do you think that's a... Is this a ting? Is it a ting? Um, I don't know. I think, I think you're right about 
trying to always bring something new to Panto and I think also the other thing about Panto is is it's 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 about retaining audiences as well isn't it because as you said that you as a child you grow up with Panto and you have and Panto does two very different things it offers children something to get really excited about and scream out loud and a very very different interactive physical theatre experience mm. and then but it also offers something different for adults as well so you kind of transition with panto but I think um, I often hear about kind of you know the, the success of a panto is that it's ticked some of those kind of boxes of traditional things that have to be in a panto so you always have to have the kind of slapstick bit in the moment where something's going wrong or you always have to have the kind of the, those particular moments of shouting out and I don't know whether it's part of that kind of trying to bring panto into the 21st century but also perhaps all the other stuff around in the arts and the wider entertainment um, sector at the moment which is you know the kind of me too and all those other all those different campaigns as well about kind of where where are women in those sorts of mm. in those, those sorts of roles but I think it also comes back to where does pantomime start from and if and, and the kind of traditional roots of pantomime and those those roles it's interesting isn't it when we talk about traditional roles as well because the blokes in frocks bit which which tends to be the dame actually years ago people who remember um artists like Dora Bryan and Molly Sugden, they actually played pantomime dames mm. in those areas. So it's a bit of a fallacy if you say a woman couldn't play that role. Um, but more, most frequently what happens, of course, is that male comics and dames return, don't they, season after season, because they're very popular. Yeah, 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 pretty much. Oh, I mean, my, well, I, I suppose one of the things... Um, that, that I should mention is, is, is that within the story of Jack and the Beanstalk, which of course have, has been adapted, so it works within uh, 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 the uh, structure of pantomime, is that we have both a good fairy and a bad fairy, uh, uh, both of whom are, are, are women. Um, so, so, and 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 um, the the uh, the uh, the baddie being a woman. Um, that, that might come across a little bit wrong. What I mean is that <laughs> what I was trying to Careful say about is that although although the the uh, the principal boy, which was traditionally play, played by a woman, may no longer be quite so often traditionally be uh, be uh, played by a woman, there are other roles such as um, you know the, the the bad guy, uh, which may have more often been played by a man. At least in uh, the the instance of the pantos that we put on um, at the Broadway, is more often than not played by a woman. Mm. The, I mean, the female sisters in in Cinderella, a place like Norwich in the in the theatre world, there have women playing those roles. Mm. They don't call them ugly sisters; they call them wicked sisters. Um, but that that seems to be something that's uh, that, that's going on more. One of the reasons that's cited, of course, is is childcare for for women. That one of the, you know it takes over your life, doesn't it? For mm six weeks of the of the year and so it's difficult for female actors to actually get that time to be yeah. in the pantomime because i mean how how long are the how many shows are there how long do the people work at, at jack and the beanstalk well, well well yeah i mean we i think we've got over 60 performances all together uh, over a five-week period and then you've, and you've got a couple of weeks of re- it's not just the re- uh, the the performance time you've got a couple of week of re- weeks of rehearsal mm. before that as well um, so it's a it's a seven week slog uh, in, in total for uh, for the people in it, not for the audience, uh, but for for the people in it. Um, and uh, so so yeah, they they have to be available um, throughout that time, not just the principals but also the dancers. 
and even the uh, the, the, the children um, who who uh, you know are there on stage dancing and, and, and singing as well. Uh, they have to be a- available uh, throughout as well uh, and to get special permission from their schools to be available. OK, Bowie, thank, thanks very much for me. And thanks very much for me. But I was just going to ask you, in all of your experience of, of pantomimes, which is your favourite pantomime? <sighs> Jack and the Beanstalk at the Broadway Barking <laughs> in 2019. It's got a red arrow. Did I mention that? It's got a red I'm arrow. Fascinated to, to, to see that now. Uh, and we're thinking of, uh, with your permission, Barry, sending a couple of our younger reviewers along to see the show and come back to tell our listeners all about it. Is that yeah, okay? Be fabulous. Great, great. Well, we'll do that. Maybe we should do a my favourite pantomime then. That's a that's a thing. I'd love to do my favourite pantomime. Love to I'd say. also like to call out to all the pantomimes out there. If there's a pantomime dame that wants to record their catchphrase, that would be really great. So we can have a proper pantomime dame off on the show. A pantomime dame off, fantastic. <laughs> uh, on the my favourite theme, we, we've had some people coming back with their my favourite children's book. Uh, Kate Burrows, Danny, the champion of the world, because I loved visualising the plump raisins, the pheasants falling out of the trees felt all the fears and happy moments and wanted to be as free as Danny there's one and Susan Morpeth Susan Cooper's The Dark is Rising long before Harry Potter this is the story of Will Stanton finding out on his 11th birthday that he's one of the old ones born to help in the fight against the dark that's a great one and Susan Harvey Mallory Towers I loved Enid Blyton she sees Barry thanks very much for for coming in and uh, we'll be back after this Step into Siena's A perfectly designed haven serving a fusion of locally sourced seasonal British dishes. Relax and enjoy our attentive service at our showcase steak nights, boat fresh fish and chip evenings, two for one cocktail and gin events and exquisite Sunday roasts with all the trimmings. Call us on Brentwood 807077 or visit our website to book. Breakfast, brunch, lunch or dinner, enjoy Siena's. London-style dining in the heart of Shenfield. RP2 Media, the largest media agency outside of London, are offering your business a free Google and Bing advertising health check. Our team of specialists will give you an in-depth audit. No payment, no contracts, no catches. With a free follow-up meeting and a discount of over 65% for a three-month trial, if you decide to use our services moving forward, why not visit us at rp2media.com. Looking for a great way to bring in the new year? Then join us for Mount Avenue Banqueting Suites Countdown to 2020. Tickets are on sale now for £60 per head and include a sumptuous three-course dinner, disco and a complimentary glass of fizz to toast the new year in. Call us on 01277 511549 or find us on Facebook to book your tickets now. Over 18s only, T's and C's apply. Phoenix FM Santa, I make my runs about the break of day. They call me back door Santa. I make my runs about the break of day. Oh, oh, oh. I make all the little girls happy. 
Carter and Backdoor Santa there. Um, we still had a few more people coming in with their ideas for my favourite children's book. Uh, Sarah Hawkins, The Judy Bloom Fudge Collection, read by those wonderful teacher when I was eight or nine. Brilliantly written, very funny. The Little Prince, says Katrina Parsi. Um, Vicky Adam Salmon, my all-time favourite of the Roald Dahl books. Wasn't afraid to write about scary topics for children. Um, we also have Charlotte's Web, Little House on the Prairie, James and the Giant Peach, all suggested by Nikki Fletcher. And uh, Angela Foster said anything Ryan Dahl as well, getting a very popular uh, link there. James and the Giant Peach also picked out by Jennifer Hardy. And Julie Buckley says, a bit controversial now, but as a child I loved all the Enid Blyton, St. Clair's and Mallory Towers books. Can't believe my mum actually let me write to Enid Blyton, asking if I go to the schools. She was kind enough to reply, but broke my heart to find that they didn't actually exist. Oh, <laughs> but let's before we finally leave Pantos, Claire, you've got um, some examples of what's on. I have. I thought we would better do the roundup of all the Pantos that you can get to this festive season. So they're in alphabetical order, not in any other order. Um, so at the Basildon Town Gate, you can go and see Dick Whittington, and that's on until January the fifth. Um, the Braintree Arts Centre is um, the adult Panto, Peter Panties. Interesting one. I'm excited to hear what that looks see what that looks like. Um, the Brentwood Theatre right here in Brentwood is The Boy Who Cried Wolf and that's on um, until the 29th of December. In Chelmsford in the Civic Theatre is Peter Pan and in Cliffs Pavilion South End it's Robin Hood and the Merry Men and in the Harlow Playhouse it's Jack and the Beanstalk as well. There's quite a few Jack and the Beanstalks this year. The Mercury Theatre in Colchester is Cinderella and the Princess Theatre in Clapton is Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Queen's Theatre Hornchurch is another Robin Hood and um, the Romford Brookside Theatre is Peter Pan the Musical. Thameside Theatre in Greys is Dick Whittington. 
The Essex Group Theatre in Whittam is Snow White and the Zinc Arts Centre in Chipping Unger is doing Peter Pan and Hook. So that's your roundup. There's probably lots more out there, but they're the ones that I could find. And they're mostly all on until the end of December and some of them go into the beginning of January. Fantastic. Thank you, Claire. Um, more coming in. My favourite book. And we got Natasha Radford uh, in the studio and she'll be on with us in a little while. But Claire Evans said her favourite children's book is uh, The Legendary Hungry Caterpillar. So good for getting children to count, learn most days of the week. And most kids know it, of, know it by heart. Good for interaction. The resources keep coming. Mercedes Groom. I love all the Julia Donaldson ones in our house. Love the way they rhyme and they flow. Uh, hard to choose a favourite but I think I'd say the Gruffalo she says so we'll be having uh, Natasha Radford and hearing all about Chicken and Frog and uh, some more about children's books in a moment but next we're going to hear about what happened on Friday (laughs) at the Hermit you don't have to be beautiful to turn me on I just need your body, baby, from dusk till dawn. You don't need experience to turn me out. You just leave it all up to me. I'll show you what it's all about. You don't have to be rich to be my girl. You don't have to be cool to rule my world. Ain't no particular sign I'm more compatible with. I just want your extra time and your kiss. You gotta not talk dirty, baby, if you wanna impress me. You can't be too flirty, mama. I know how to undress me. Let me be your fantasy. And maybe you could be mine. You just leave it all up to me. We can have a good time. You don't have to be rich to be my girl. Size, maybe we could do the tour. You don't have 
Welcome back. That was um, Tom Jones. Uh, one of the things that we you can do on a Friday night in Brentwood, if you are between 12 and 19 years of age anyway, is to go to the Hermit Music Club. And it happens every first Friday of the month. It's hosted by the wonderful Dave Green. And it's an informal jam session inviting young people to come along and play regardless of their ability. Some use it as a platform to try out new songs that they've written or use it to build confidence about performing. And for others, it's the first opportunity to play with other musicians of their own age. So whatever the reason for going, it's a great opportunity to meet like-minded people who love music and perhaps make a friend or two. So I took my two kids there on Friday night. Um, so I had to, I did sit at the back, which embarrassed them greatly. Um, but uh, it is for people under the age of 19. So Millie and Hetty are here to tell us a little bit about what they did on Friday night and, and how they found it. So it's not your first time being on stage you two but did you find it nerve-wracking getting up for the first time at the hermit hetty um well i found it a little bit nervous at the start because i thought people were gonna like look at me and judge me and stuff but when i first got on the stage i felt really comfortable and after the first song i played i felt really comfortable with being there and less nervous whoa 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 whoa, whoa. you went on the stage yeah mm-hmm. uh, and what did you do <laughs> um, um we, I played the electric guitar and Millie sang. I, uh, yeah, the first song we did was Sweet Child of Mine by Guns N' Roses. Oh, and no. then we did another one, which was Zombie by the Cranberries. Brilliant. So Millie, you were singing, weren't you? I, yeah, I was on vocals and Hetty was on electric guitar for the first song. And, and, the, and then for bass for the Zombie, yeah. So yeah. Hetty, when you picked up the bass, I mean, you've never even I've played a bass before. I've never played the bass guitar. So ever. what did that feel like? I... I'm so happy I had the chance to play it because I've always wanted to play the bass guitar. But when he, he told me what to play, I felt really comfortable playing it. So what does Dave do? Because that is quite nerve-wracking, isn't it, getting up for some people on the stage. So what yeah. do you think, what does Dave do to help, to help you all to kind of pull together and play a song together? What, what kind of things did he, did he do and show you? Well, um, he went to each person on their different instrument and showed them the um, easy chords and easy beat for the drums, etc. And then he counted us in. Uh, he was sort of like a conductor at the front, telling us when to come in. And then he was like, one, two, three, four, and we all played it all together as one, and it just sounded brilliant. Mm. And what did you enjoy most about the night then? Because you were there, we were there for a good two and a half hours, weren't we? So what, yeah. what did you enjoy most about it? I mean, I loved listening to the other people play because it was really, really hardcore rock as well. And I remember this one guy turning Last Christmas, I gave you my heart, into like a really, really heavy rock song. It was so funny. It was more than just rock, wasn't it? It was like death metal. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) it was pretty cool. It was quite cool. Um, What do you, would you recommend that other people go? And what 
what did you what do you think that in terms of the kind of standard and skill level that people need to have so i definitely recommend other people go i mean you don't even just have to go on stage and play something you can bring a friend along and they can watch you play or they can just dance you know and and the skill level would probably be like you should probably learn the instrument before you go on there but he the um man who does it he he shows you the dave yeah. yeah he shows you what notes to play and how to play them so it's it's actually starting from beginners it's really it's really fun yeah I think that was the thing that I that I took away from it is that you really don't have to be brilliant on an instrument you can just get up and have a go and and even picking up an instrument that you've never even tried before is is okay and what what I really liked was that everybody in the room really clapped and applauded after Mm -hmm. each song people were playing their own stuff so they weren't just playing covers they were trying things out and everybody was really really nice in the room weren't they they were really supportive yeah, so they're they're really nice because okay. So when I was about to go on stage, I thought th- people would like be. I thought I'd get judged, you know. But when I first got off, everyone was clapping, and I just felt way more comfortable because they were very very nice people. And it's back again um, on the seventh of February, so having a bit of a break mm-hmm. over Christmas. But and it's once a month on a Friday night, first Friday of the month. And I mean, the other great thing about it is it's it's free. Um, which is amazing to have something so unbelievably brilliant and um, I mean Dave is fantastic on all the instruments that he plays he's he's, mm, he's a brilliant. really skilled musician yeah. um, so it was a good night wasn't it so it you're, you're really going to be fun. going back yeah definitely. yeah fabulous they've got something else coming up at the hermit if I've just got time to say something else that, that they've got um, battle of the bands it's the first time they've ever done an under 18 battle of the bands competition with heat one taking place on January the 17th heat two will take place on January the 24th and the top two bands from each heat will go into the final taking place on January the 31st and the prizes so far include a special studio workshop and a place at the undiscovered Chelmsford Bands final on in February 2020 so if you want to get in touch send your details to hermitclubuk at gmail.com and all bands must be based in Essex and have at least one original song so look out for that battle of the bands don't think you're quite ready for that yet are you girls? No, no, no. Maybe next year. (laughs) Very good. We've just had a a text in from Andy who said, what a great idea and place. Wish there was something like that when I was younger. And by the way, my favourite book is Green Eggs and Ham. Actually, it's one of my favourites too. Um, Let's listen to the second best version of Sweet Child Mine after (laughs) Hetty and Millie's version, of course.
Star. It doesn't have to be a musician, could be a writer, could be an artist, sculpture, anything really. But um, I noticed that on Phoenix there's already a show called Rising Star. Claire. Yes, yeah, so we've, we are delighted to have Paul with us who set up Rising Stars. Paul, tell us, when did you set this up? Why oh, did you do well, it? Why did I do it? Well, I set it up at the beginning of the year. Uh, I mean, uh, a, a community radio station, probably like every other radio station in the country, gets uh, we get dozens and dozens of submissions from musicians all around the world, all the time. Uh, and it's too, it's too much. Uh, it's too much to deal with a lot of the time. Uh, we can't play every song that gets sent to us for a couple of reasons. Firstly, there are so many, and secondly, uh, if it's if uh, you need to have a lot of uh, familiarity, otherwise people will just switch off. You know, as as much as I like the idea of giving people uh, an opportunity to put their music on the radio, if that's all it was, we wouldn't be able to get a, a listenership. So we have to be very careful about how much um, stuff that we put out on air. So I thought, well, why don't I just make a special uh, specialist show and just put a lot of these tracks on there because I was getting so many. So uh, I'm doing it now maybe once or twice a week and I'm often doing it as a podcast because... A lot of the tracks that are coming to us um, are from people who uh, they're sort of R&B and hip hop and and uh, and to be blunt, they're explicit. They're not. I can't put them on the radio. So <laughs> what I'm doing now is um, we're doing two things. Firstly, the clean ones I'm putting on the radio from time to time, but all of them, including the explicit ones, I'm putting on a podcast which is going on the website uh, because we're not regulated by Ofcom and we're allowed to put stuff out with swearing on it. And um, we then podcast that through uh, Apple Music, iTunes, and Spotify. And uh, uh, we got a good worldwide audience for that. And we do have a lot of people who regularly send us stuff. And we found some great. Tra- as a result of it so it's a, it's a specific call to arms for something that a community radio station wouldn't normally say well we're going to open it up worldwide and get these tracks but we were getting them anyway so I wanted to put them out and such an important thing isn't it for emerging artists to get their music out there in whatever format that it's, is whether it's community radio or podcast or whatever it's just such a great lift yeah. for them to be able to get their music you, you're heard. right it's it's not easy i mean if you look at the uh, united kingdom uh, bbc w- does have a commitment to producing uh, to promoting new music but it's not an enormous amount you know they have bbc introducing but that's one hour mm. a week and uh, you know not knocking the bbc because they obviously do a lot to uh, promote stuff but it's not 
a great deal and uh, commercial radio won't touch it at all so it's really left to community radio to sort of you know help artists and give them airtime that the BBC or, or commercial radio wouldn't do and do you know within your within all those those artists that are sending you their tracks every week do you do you have you got a sense of where they're all coming from because you said this is worldwide so I mean is there a preference for getting kind of Essex and UK based stuff on the radio or are you just kind of really generous about saying if I if it if it yeah. if I listen to it and I like it it'll go on I think on certainly on FM radio a lot of our shows have Essex based artists and uh, you know we've been Phoenix FM has been kicking around for quite a few years and uh, most artists in Essex know about us and they've been on at some point or other uh, but they do come back again and again and when we've got new bands coming along and new singers then uh, they do come to us which is great so uh, I think a lot of the stuff that we're putting out on Rising Stars is a little bit further afield it's uh, you know community radio has a commitment to look after its community that's that's an obvious thing about it but if I get a brilliant track in from Suffolk or something I don't want to not play it because we're a Brentwood radio station I want to be able to put it on super thanks Paul Um, uh, Claire and I have both chosen a track for Monday's show as well which we'll be playing uh, after five o'clock we'll also be talking to Natasha Radford to do with Chicken and Fog and Children's Literature we've had uh, a Twitter from WoodDavy666 saying my favourite book is anything by Julia Donaldson especially with three young children to keep repeating them to and of course all the exciting animations every Christmas Community Radio for Brentwood and Billericay. This is Phoenix FM. Real Christmas trees look beautiful, but what do you do with yours after Twelfth Night? Well, we have the answer. St Francis Hospice will collect and recycle your real tree absolutely free of charge. This service is available to all postcodes in Havering. All donations are welcome and every penny will help local people in Havering and beyond. To register your real Christmas tree for the recycling service, visit sfh.org.uk slash tree recycling. Are you in a relationship that has broken down? F-Barn solicitors have been providing family law advice for almost 50 years. F-Barns are supportive, friendly solicitors who recognise that during one of the most stressful times of your life, you need someone in your corner. To arrange a free consultation with step-by-step guidance to ensure you get the best outcome for you and your family, call 01708 745 183. F-Barns. We're here to help. Uncompromised style this Christmas. Shop outlet prices at Braintree Village. Get party season ready at Reese, Ted Baker and French Connection. Spoil the ones you love with gifts from Lint, Moulton Brown and Radley. Shop to entertain with homeware from Denby, Wittard of Chelsea and Le Creuset. Get the gifts they'll love with up to 60% off the RRP. Braintree Village. Outlet shopping in the heart of Essex. So it's five o'clock, just after five o'clock on Sunday afternoon. And this is our feature of the, of the show when you get to kick back, relax and listen to some music that you can lose yourself in and just chill out. We'd love to hear what your take five music at 5pm is. We'll be playing those each week, whether it's a five minute piece or something that's got a significant meaning to you. But it's about relaxing on a Sunday afternoon as take five. So this week... 
um, we've selected a piece of modern choral music. So there's a number of different um, composers who are working in this genre, but this is somebody who's an American composer called Morton Lauridson, and it was composed in 1994. It's called O Magnum Mysterium. It took a good few years before it gathered the, the, the widespread praise that it has now. And whilst it's performed all year round, it's actually at its heart a piece about Christmas. So we thought we'd play you that for the next nearly four and a half minutes, I think it is. It's, it's a nice long track, but just kick back, relax, and listen to O Magnum Mysterium.
So I hope you're all suitably relaxed. That was lovely. I had images of baths with candles around the side there. Did you? I did. But they, that's just me. <laughs> what can I say? Um, we have in the studio with us Natasha Radford from Chicken and Frog uh, to talk to us about books and children's books. Um, our request for my favourite book is still getting people responding to us. Where Do the Wicked Witches Live is a favourite of Chris Stagg via Twitter. Out of print now, but I have a copy. So much fun to find the witch and the cat on every page. It's a forerunner of uh, Where's Wally, I guess, guess mm. that is. Excellent. Um, Natasha, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank really you appreciate you coming me. in. Um, you've got a, a few things to talk to us about today. We'll, we'll, the, the exciting news yes. coming up shortly. But first of all, as, as we've been asking everybody that comes onto the programme, and as we will be asking everyone that comes onto the programme, how did you get to run a bookshop? <laughs> uh, just a moment of madness. So we, we literally, we, when we, I mean, me and Jim, my husband, have always wanted to run a bookshop, which sounds really cliche enough, but it's true. Um, which is, oh gosh, how long is it? We met when we were 16 and oh now 46, so it's been a while. Um, and, but it just never happened. I became a teacher because I wanted to do that too. And he did kind of techie stuff, got laid off along with half of the world and just couldn't find anything um, to do instead. And we just thought we'd take the plunge. We didn't want to look back and say, oh, we should have at least tried that. So we did. Where did the name come from? Oh, it's a really terrible dad joke. Jim's to blame for this. Yeah, chicken and a frog walk into a library. It's the original joke. The chicken says book, 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 and the frog says Reddit, Reddit, Reddit. Hey. Oh. Yay, so, so, do you have? Is one of you the chicken and one I, of you the frog? Yeah, I don't know why, but I'm the chicken. So I'm Mrs. <laughs> chicken, and he is Mr. Frog. And I we never named ourselves that, but the kids over the years have so much so that we've now got a little minifigure Lego made of us. And um, I have a T-shirt with Mrs. Chicken printed on the back and the chicken logo on the front, and he's got one with Mr. Frog. On there, the there is a really nice obsession with Lego in yeah. your shop, Again, isn't there? that's Jim. Most of the weird <laughs> things are not me, you see. People think it's me, but it's not him. There's a lot of Lego in the shop. He collects the um, minifigures that come out every three months, and um, my father-in-law has lovingly created little mini shelves that they all stand on Excellent. triumphantly, just out of uh, sticky hands at reach. So when you yeah. started the shop... Did you did you think when you first started it was your vision to create something that was very there was so much because what because what mm. I understand of it is it's so much part of the community it's more than just a yeah. shop yes the shop's think, the kind of basis of it but it's so much more than that yeah I think our, our our key aim was always that we would create something that was a kind of a community hub for anyone that wanted it so although it is a children's bookshop and we are passionate about getting kids reading and about getting families reading with each other. It's, it's more than that. It's a space where people can come and just chill out and spend a bit of time. We've got a couple of kids that have had a bit of trouble at school and they come to, their parents have told them specifically, go and sit with Jim and Tash and we'll mm. pick you up from there. They're not even necessarily families that we know that well. And although on one hand that's awful that has to happen, it's great that we are there for that. And mm. that is just as important for us as all the rest of it is the fact that mm. people feel that they can you know we get we kind of feel like bartenders but without the alcohol maybe we should get some because we do get told you know people come in and they kind of they give you their life story of things that are, are going on we find out loads of things about people and i think we which is good because i think it's a testament to the fact that we've created a nice safe space which is what we wanted to do yeah you've really so. thought about the environment haven't you in terms yeah. of places it's a bookshop but it feels like it's more than a bookshop is that it 
Yes. Is that deliberate? Was that no, like, oh, the absolutely. idea from the start? We'd, we'd visited a few children's bookshops and just other you know bookshops before we opened, but mainly because we're avid readers anyway. And we kind of we, we I think we knew definitely what we didn't want more than maybe what we did want. So we didn't want something that felt clinical or all whites and something that, that you, we won't be able the children to be able to come in and touch things and that's fine and for the parents not to be worried about that and if you know if it's out in the shop then that means that it's it's there for to be touched and occasionally licked that's happened a couple of times I'm not gonna <laughs> lie um but you know that's fine and we've, we've got a box of books and things that kids can that come on a regular basis say for our rhythm and rhyme sessions and they, they know now they're only small the children that come that's their book their box. Yeah, say, say a little bit more about the. I was interested in those rhythm and rhyme sessions and the storytelling sessions that you have. How, yeah, so we do um, two sessions a week where we get from babes in arms to preschoolers come in with their adult um, for half an hour. I, I can't call it singing. It is by them, but it isn't by me. But they're too young <laughs> to go, please stop doing that. It's horrible. Um, and we just sing nursery rhymes and they run around in circles a lot and we have, sometimes we have stories and sometimes we don't. It's very fluid, very relaxed, um, organised chaos, I think is what it is. But it's lovely and it's, um, it's a chance for me to get my baby fix, which is fabulous. And then I <laughs> give them back and go, lovely, <laughs> goodbye. Um, and and people, I've seen people forge friendships through it, people that maybe wouldn't have met necessarily otherwise and they've now got to know someone new that they wouldn't have met before. So and you, you've worked it. in partnership with other organisations, haven't you? And, Brentwood Theatre, I think. Uh, yeah, we do quite a lot with Brentwood Theatre because we love them. Um, and so we do our festival and we, we kind of go between us and the theatre and, and do bits and pieces with them. We do things with the Baytree Centre where we'll go down there and do um, like storytelling sessions. Um, we're in talks at the moment with the Pioneer Special School in Billericay and there hopefully they're going to start to bring along groups of children um, to the shop from the new year because we've we got um, a grant a diversity grant from the booksellers association um, which means that we've bought lots of stuff that we can transform our event space into a sensory room which is brilliant um, so at the moment it's just once a month we do a sensory story time where everything is very chilled lights mm. down low twinkly lights lots of sensory toys and families come along and know that it's a, a just a safe calm environment and if things don't go right then there's no judgment and there isn't you know everyone has off days and that's fine mm. so we just created that space where it can happen with us. and you've taught both of my children haven't you yeah you haven't seen them for a while have you seen them today um because that that wasn't that's obviously that was another part of chicken and frog was also somewhere where children could go and have that extra extra curricular support that they might need as well yeah and i mean that's still you know if if i'm completely honest about it the tuition which we still do and i love because i get to do all the bits of teaching that i adore and i don't have to do any of the rubbish anymore it's brilliant i can do whatever i like um that's that's what pays me and the books and all of that side of it pays the boring bit the bills and all mm. that so it's a good and it, i think it works well together it's a good partnership mm. and you're on the move we are we're very excited, excited. So, yeah, yeah we've been in Onga road for seven and a bit years and we love our little shop it's really cute and quirky but it wasn't our first choice of location it all happened very quickly in the end and it was kind of right well it's here or we're not sure it's going to happen so we went for it but the, the main downside is it has got steps which is not ideal um, and that's really difficult because if people have got a buggy, I can help, but we're not wheelchair accessible at all, which mm. I absolutely hate. But we're moving to Crown Street, 
And it is, it's, it's quite a bit bigger, the space, about one and a half times, I would say, the size. Um, step free, opposite the car park, lovely. So we're, we're super excited. A nice pedestrianised street as well, and I think it's, it's definitely the right move for us. But it's a huge amount of work in a very short space of time, because I like a challenge. And... Um, <laughs> We will open on the 4th of January. I might be dead by then, but that will happen anyway. So, yeah, we've got lots to do. So you launched a crowdfunding campaign, didn't you? So how's that gone? Amazing. I did blown away. So we we launched it. I'd never done anything like that before. And we we did it because we were determined we were going to move regardless. But the more money that we can raise means the more money that I don't have to borrow from other places that then charge me interest. And it means that we can buy cool stuff like more sensory toys and... Mm hearing loops and all that kind of thing. Um, so we launched it, oh gosh, I can't remember, two weeks ago maybe? It was on, on a Saturday, and by the Thursday we'd hit our target. Wow. Which I, I did a lot of crying that week, all happy crying, but just really overwhelmed by people's generosity and kindness and, mm-hmm. and support, and not necessarily our customers, people from quite a long way away that were just going, oh, we love what you're doing. Interesting. amazing. Yeah. So um, we've got a couple more weeks left on it, then you what you do is you can then set a stretch fund for kind of extra sparkly things if you want them so we'll just see how it goes so So, I mean that's really important as well isn't it because sometimes that when you I, I mean I've been around lots of crowdfunding campaigns before and what tend what people tend to do is err on the side of the kind of the least amount that they could really yeah. do with and actually if you get that stretch fund and actually yeah. that really starts to make some significant impact and changes Absolutely. to what you can do so give us a little bit of a flavor of what's the new shop going to offer so i mean more of the same really so because it's a lot bigger and because jim's got great spatial awareness of which i have none he has created this brilliant floor plan of the shop which means that we can now get a wheelchair a full-size wheelchair around every single piece of new piece of furniture in the shop which is fantastic so it'll be completely accessible from that point of view which at the moment our place is not um the space that we use for kind of our classroom slash event space this sounds a bit weird but it's, it's got to be brilliant it was a listening room because it was an audio place so it's got these massive slidey doors on it and it's soundproof oh fantastic which actually is brilliant yeah. when we're using it with children with additional needs because it means we can really make it into a quiet mm. safe haven and yet they're not going to be disturbed by whatever might be going on in the main part of the shop um so yeah we're just we're just so excited to have something that's a lot more accessible but apart from that the logo will still be there to look Excellent. at obviously it means that we can expand the amount of books we um children's non-fiction is absolutely beautiful but we like to display our books so that you can see as much front-facing as possible. And where we are at the moment, that's tricky because we're just we're running out of space. So having that extra space means that we can get some more beautiful books in. So still very much kind of focusing on that kind of being part of the community and oh, just taking that into a bigger yeah. space and having better facilities to be able to do yeah. more of it. Yeah, definitely. That's my only concern is that it won't feel cosy because at the moment it feels like you're walking into your living room but i'm sure we will do it because i'm determined and i've already started to make bunting out of well i was going to say with your with your keen sense of style and (laughs) color and everything else i can imagine that you will make any space look and feel inviting and cozy and all of those things it's a beautiful building it's like 1800s it's absolutely gorgeous big windows and just yeah, it's lovely. And, and so, as, as you know, we've got a My Favourite Children's Book theme that people have <laughs> yes. done. Vanessa Galvin has, has come in with Skellig by David Ormond. Oh, Great yes. book for readers, 10 years and up. Yeah, you like that one. Yeah, Michael yeah. Morpurgo has been suggested by Gary Buchanan. Anything yeah. by him. Uh, Leanne uh, Eloise 
talked about my favourite favourite book was Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and remembers mm. the film as well. Uh, Matilda by Victoria Taylor has come in as well. Uh, anything cookbook wise that's interesting mm. Lynn Hilda very good uh, all the Twilight Saga she puts down uh, more but yeah, it's nothing like that what, what's your favourite uh, well anybody that even knows me vaguely is just going to go well we know that already is, um, <laughs> my favourite children's book is Alice in Wonderland because I think it's brilliant I, think, I know it's quite Marmite and some people really hate it and other people love it I, I think it's because my obsession began because it was the first book that I was bought that was just for me it wasn't for me and my sister we always went to the library and we were always surrounded by books and stories. We didn't own many books of our own when we were really small. Um, and it, and I, just, I remember, I haven't got the dust jacket anymore, but I've still got the, my original copy. Um, and I just remember pouring over it and just being fascinated by it. And that's the one that stuck, so it just evokes brilliant memories for me, I think. What are, what are the popular children's books out now? Ooh, well, in the last couple of weeks, kind of the lead up to Christmas, so the new Diary of a Wimpy Kid has just come out and it's gone nuts, as it always does. Um, so that's flying out. But um, there's a brilliant author called Lisa Thompson. She's on the shortlist for the Blue Peter Award at the moment, and rightly so, we love her. Her new book is called The Boy Who Fooled the World, and it's not due out until, I think it's the 2nd of January, might be the 3rd, but we got copies in early, and they're beautiful and sprayed edged and lovely, and um, they've all gone. <laughs> they came in on Saturday and they've gone. Because, wow. uh, we had uh, tweets from people all over the place. I've heard that you've got some. Can you send one to the West Midlands? Because uh, she's amazing. So if you've not read anything by Lisa Thompson, kind of middle grade, I'd say kind of 8, 9 to 12, although I'm 46 and she genuinely is one of my favourite authors of all time. She's just really good at creating characters that you care about. Mm. Just amazing. Charlotte, Charlotte has just ch text in saying, Alice in Wonderland, it was my first ever present when yeah. I was bought. bought as, well, um, I, I know Charlotte and she was uh, a great fan of the Lemony Snicket's oh, yeah, box as well. As well. Mm. Although she hated the film. Yeah, yeah no, really I, I concur with that. Yeah, books, fantastic, film, mm, not so much. Fantastic. Um, do, have you got any? Have you got any sort of top tips of what you see, what you can see coming in twenty twenty in terms of new books or any old yeah. authors that you're excited about in twenty twenty? Yes. So there's another author called Peter Bunzel, and he wrote. Um, he's written a book called Cogheart, and then there's there's three. And originally, it was going to be a trilogy. But so excited about this. There's a new one coming called Shadow Sea, which is out in February. Um, and we perk of the job we get kind of proof copies and stuff I haven't got a proof copy Peter hint, hint, if you're listening <laughs> anyone out there in Osborne land I need one um, but they did send us a sampler and I have read the sampler now three times because it's got the first two chapters in it and I'm just I need I need it so um, <laughs> and if you haven't read the beginning of the trilogy um, not trilogy now what would you call it if it was a four you need to read Peter Bonzel's books. I think that that's going to go really well. Um, I'm topping Lisa to to nab the Blue Peter Award. Although mm. all of the all of the authors on that list are, are fantastic. I don't know. We just have to wait and see. There's so the child, children's book market is saturated with such amazing stuff. Um, just yeah, just go out there and try something new. Excellent. And so, and so just to remind us again, you're moving to your new premises. Yes. So and we, you'll be open on. <laughs> We will be open on the 4th of January at half past nine and from 12 till 3 there will be nibbles and drinks of some sort because I like feeding people really. Excellent. So yeah, come along and say hello and uh, me and Jim will probably be sitting in the corner looking slightly tired and dishevelled but happy. 
yeah. Fantastic. Well, look, we really look forward to um, coming and seeing the new shop in not very long. But in the meantime, I hope you get some time off over this festive right, it's period. Two days off. It's You'll have two days off. Yeah, right. Good. Yeah. I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> Natasha, thank you very much. Uh, this seems an appropriate song to play. Um, I wonder if people know which musical it's from. Maybe that's something you can text them too. that has broken down. FBarn solicitors have been providing family law advice for almost 50 years. FBarns are supportive, friendly solicitors who recognize that during one of the most stressful times of your life, you need someone in your corner. To arrange a free consultation with step-by-step guidance to ensure you get the best outcome for you and your family, call 01708 745 183. F Barnes, we're here to help. Has your double glazing steamed up? Cloudy to Clear can save your windows. We can save you money, energy and time by replacing the pane, not the frame. We're a witch trusted trader and all glass units come with an amazing 25-year guarantee. So why not go to cloudytoclear.com to book a free 20-minute no-obligation quotation. Cloudy to Clear, replacing your failed double glazing. 
Are you looking to improve your smile this year? At Pure Orthodontics, we are the UK's number one Invisalign provider for 2017. We also offer other styles of discreet braces. To find out more or to book your free, no-obligation consultation at our specialist orthodontic practice, visit us at pureorthodontics.co.uk or give us a call on 01245 46 3000. Pure Orthodontics, experts in natural, beautiful smiles. Are you suffering from ingrown toenails, corns, hard skin, verrucas or athlete's foot? you have diabetes, cramps in your calf muscles, or pins and needles or numbness in your feet or legs? My name is Neil McAllister, lead podiatrist at Kinetic Podiatry Clinic, the Brentwood Centre. We will assess, advise, and provide treatment to resolve your aches and pains. For a free advisory consult, contact Brentwood 514739 or kineticpodiatry.co.uk for further information. Kinetic Podiatry Clinic, keeping you mobile and active, making you kinetic. Have a merry and white Christmas this year with Marco Pierre White, New York Italian Brentwood. With three courses from just £25.95, Christmas has never been so glamorously affordable. Book now at marcosbrentwood.com. Thinking about a new home project? Let Versatile Flooring help you choose the perfect flooring for your home. We have been supplying and fitting quality flooring for over a decade. Not only are we experts in wood flooring, we also supply and fit quality carpets, luxury vinyl and much more. Call us on 01277 214549 or pop into our showroom at Unit 7 Chancery Gate Business Centre, Talon Road, Hutton. Versatile flooring, modern flooring for modern living. Okay, so we're back on again. Um, just before the advert, Natasha very kindly left us with a voucher, did she not, she Claire? She did, yes. A gift certificate for £10 for chicken, from Chicken and Frog. So we'll see who's the favourite, my favourite children's book we've got. We had a few more come in. Uh, Jenny Potts uh, saying too many to pick. Although the magic faraway tree has so many memories, so many worlds to visit. Uh, Nick Andrews talks of uh, can't beat a bit of Famous Five, he says there. Um, so uh, what we'll do is we'll decide uh, our favourite, favourite one and yep. uh, we'll work out who to give that to. But keep sending them in and we'll announce that just before the end of the programme, just before six o'clock. So yeah, keep sending in. So you've got, keep got, got about 15 minutes really for, for the last few to, to come in there. Um, the musical was there. Who got it? Anybody? Matilda. <laughs> yeah. Come on. No prizes for getting that one, right? Surely every performing arts school in Essex would know that. Do you think? Everyone who goes to performing arts school has to sing that, surely. But what they'll be doing now, of course, will be uh, all gearing up for Christmas and doing their Christmas shows. And there's a very exciting thing that happens next week, Claire. Do you know what it is? Um... Uh, in the world uh, I'll tell you (laughs) (laughs) what am I doing next week it's the radio times comes out (gasps) the Christmas it came out yesterday no I couldn't get it today so it isn't out no no unless it's all got okay so my friend Becky's got it right she's already gone through it right does Becky what what does Becky 
do? Well, she, well, what does Becky do? Well, she what does Becky do with the radio time? She sits for a whole evening with a large glass of wine and a big red pen and she circles all the things that she absolutely has to watch over the Christmas period. She's a woman after my own heart. Yeah, but you're not allowed to share the radio times. She, I has, did, to, she has to do it You on have to own. circle. You have to circle mm-hmm. the Christmas films. My sister does it too. It's like a, it's like a, a real kind of, you know, traditional thing. But also... It, it's a one-person activity. It is. It's not a sharing thing. Well, we've tried to share it in our family. <laughs> have you had that? It hasn't work? worked. Do you all have different coloured pens? We all have different coloured pens. Mm. Of course we do. That, that, that's the way it goes. What happens when there's a major clash? Well, I. Uh, Are I you get, in a family I get with my one, way. one TV? <laughs> you get your own way. You're not in a or family not. with one TV like. Like we are. No, no, but you you can stream programmes nowadays, so there's a bit more flexibility. (laughs) Can you? Yeah. Did you not know this? I just... Oh, yes, yes, the TV. The modern world has passed me by. You don't have to warm up the television or anything now. So, um, what's going to be on at Christmas? Do, do you know then? Have you got a sneak preview, or should we get Becky in? Uh, well, I don't think Becky's going to come in, but oh. I think we could do we could do a roundup of the best of Christmas TV next week, Rob. I think we should the best we, Christmas we should prepare films. for that because okay. there's quite a few really interesting series and things on. I think there's uh, a new version of the Christmas Carol and a few other things. So, we could get some of that prepared for next week. I think. Okay. And if anybody wants to send us in there, you know, if they've poured all all over the radio times this weekend or during the week next week they could send us in their favorite christmas film their favorite christmas have film? we found the my favorite for next week already i think we might have just done wow that. wow you still got 10 minutes to get in on my favorite children's book before we decide who gets the voucher um but i tell you it's beginning to look a lot like christmas <laughs> It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas Everywhere you go Take a look at the five and ten It's glistening once again With candy canes and silver lanes that glow It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas Toys in every store But the prettiest sight to see Is the holly that will be On your own front door A pair of hop-along boots And a pistol that shoots Is the wish of Barney and Ben Dawes that'll talk and will go for a walk Is the hope of Janice and Jen And Mom and Dad can hardly wait For school to start again It's beginning to look a lot Like Christmas Everywhere you go There's a tree in the Grand Hotel One in the park as well It's the sturdy kind that doesn't mind the snow It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas Soon the bells will start And the thing that'll make them ring 
Here's the carol that you sing right within your heart. The prettiest sight to see is the holly that will be on your own front door. Sure, it's Christmas once Was that did nice? you put your Christmas tree up this weekend, Rob? I did. Well, no, it's already been up. That, oh. That's, oh, yeah. Oh, don't hang around. <laughs> when did you put your tree up? Um, February. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't taken it down. I haven't down. taken it down, basically. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the way it rolls. We put our tree up yesterday and we had a bit of buble and bubbles. Fantastic. Starts the Christmas season off quite nicely. So Christmas films, what do you think? Well, I think they're great. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, do you want to know what my favourite Christmas film is? Favourite one? Go on, start us off. My favourite, I think, probably has to be, and we haven't watched it, we were going to watch it this weekend and we haven't watched it yet, but I think it's got to be The Muppets Christmas Carol. It's just genius. Saw it in the cinema. Did you? I did. I was, I was playing Scrooge in A Christmas Carol and touring around, and on our day off, the whole cast decided what we're going to do is go and see... Muppets Christmas Carol oh. in a cinema. How nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we could have gone for a beer. <laughs> but it was, oh, it was very that, nice, very nice. That sounds like my ideal. Yeah. So what do, you, what do you watch at Christmas then? Um, well, in terms of films or just generally? Because uh, obviously Christmas, if there's a Doctor Who special on Christmas Day, then the whole house has to be silent True. for the Doctor Who special. True. It's going to be like that with Gavin and Stacey, isn't it? I think so. Very much looking forward to that. Mm. Millie's here. Millie's back. What do you think about Christmas? Go on. Christmas films. Christmas films. I think they're brilliant. I just, I love the, you get such a strong vibe from them. It's like a lovely warm feeling out of every Christmas film, I think. Oh, that's really nice. Should we talk about what are the films that are out here in the cinemas now do do should we do a bit of that um because there is there's quite a selection of films um this year obviously i think uh the big one is frozen too so elsa the snow queen and her sister anna embark on an adventure far away from the kingdom of arendelle and they're joined by their usual friends christoph olaf and sven um we haven't been to see that are we going to see that yet? Are we going to see that, girls? Yeah, we yeah. could. Millie's saying yes, Hetty's going, not so sure. Um, Jumanji, the next level. So there was a new Jumanji, mm-hmm. was it last year or the year it was, before? It was a couple of years ago. It was a couple of years ago. So there's a new Jumanji, the next level. So when Spencer goes back into the fantastical world of Jumanji, pals Martha, Fridge and Bethany re-enter the game to bring him home. But everything about Jumanji is about to change, as they soon discover more obstacles and more danger to overcome. 
Um, also out, so they're the kind of the big... Oh, and then the third one, which is the kind of big Christmassy one, is Last Christmas. Now, Millie, you've been to see Last Christmas, haven't you? I have, yeah. What did you think? Um, I went with my friend Emma um, when we had a day off of school, and it, I think I, it was, I thought it was pretty good, actually. It was about um, this girl who worked at this Christmas store all year round. I didn't actually know what time of year it was set, but it was based around that Christmas store. And she had had a heart transplant the year before and she was recovering and her family came over from Scandinavia, I think, I'm not, or Ukraine, I'm not exactly sure. And um, it was just about them kind of settling in and then she meets this guy outside the Christmas store and they, they have a thing, they like get to know each other. And that's that's what I'm gonna say. That's what it's that's so it's a it's a it's a Yuletide romance, isn't it? And did you cry, Millie? Was it was it a sobby one? I did not, but my friend Emma did. Did she a lot? Yeah. Cried into your popcorn. I do like a good cry to Christmas film. I think it's important. Very good. Okay, so um, we've got Nigel coming on at uh, six o'clock for Stepping Out, and uh, I wonder if he'll be playing Christmas shows. We, we were on his programme we last were, week, weren't we? Yeah. Did he play Christmas songs? I can't remember. He did. A cu- I think he, he did. did he did. He's got, he's got into the spirit already. Good old Nigel. Um, and Coldplay, of course, have always been fond of the Christmas lights.
Phoenix FM. Has your double glazing steamed up? Cloudy to Clear can save your windows. We can save you money, energy and time by replacing the pane, not the frame. We're a witch-trusted trader and all glass units come with an amazing 25-year guarantee. So why not go to cloudytoclear.com to book a free 20-minute no-obligation quotation. Cloudy to Clear, replacing your failed double glazing. Set in the Essex countryside, just two miles from the M25 and Brentwood, make Ashwell's Country Club your Christmas party venue this year. Catering from 10 to 200 people with private function rooms available for larger parties, let us take the stress out of making the arrangements so that you can enjoy your festive event. For more details, visit us at ashwells.co.uk or call 01277 373 828. Ashwell's Country Club, making your festive season special. Rub a dub dub, scrub scrub in the tub. Eureka! You all right in there, love? Who are you talking to? This new bathroom cleaner you bought from Ardley Green is fantastic. All I've done is apply, let it work, wipe away, and Eureka! It's all clean. Take away the hard work of scrubbing your bathtub. Visit us in store today to pick up your bottle of Eureka Ardley Green, 90 Ardley Green Road, RM11 2LG, or phone 01708 477 Do you know where the dough in your pizza comes from? At Crust Gourmet Pizza in Shenfield, we make our dough fresh in store every day with our signature ingredient that's, whoops, that would be telling. We believe in quality produce from our in-house cooked chicken and lamb to our homemade avocado salsa. Visit our website at crustpizzas.co.uk or call 01277 563 789. Crust Gourmet Pizza, bringing a little Australian sunshine to Shenfield and the surrounding areas. Starting a business? An embosser or company stamp is the perfect tool to stamp your name, logo or address on letters, invoices and paperwork. Our range of embossers leave a tactile quality impression on paper and cardstock. They don't need ink, won't ever run dry and come with a two-year guarantee. Make a great first impression and a second and third. Visit companysealsuk.com and design your embosser or stamp today. So we asked at the top of the programme for your favourite children's book and thank you to everybody who sent in uh, an entry, a text, an email, um, Twitter. Really, really great to have that, that response. So the winner is... Susan Harvey. Susan Harvey. You have a voucher winging its way over to you. Thank you very much. And next week we've decided that we're going to do my favourite... Christmas film. Christmas film. How many people put Die Hard in? And then we'll have that debate. It is a Christmas film. Well, it's not a Christmas film. (laughs) We'll have that. Okay. Um, According to HMV, it's a Christmas film. uh, Okay. For next week. For next week. (laughs) We, um... We're still looking for some reviewers who want to go and see the Panto yes. at the Broadway Theatre Barking. So please get in touch with us if you want to go and see that show. And we'd love you to come on to our show next week then and tell us all about it in the way that Hetty and Millie did about the Hermit today. Um, and that led us nicely into looking at uh, the Rising Stars programme. So thanks to Paul for, for coming in and talking about that. 
we're going to launch our Phoenix Rising program we mentioned, which is looking at emerging artists in the area. Now, we looked back at Rising Stars, and both Claire and I chose a track each. My first uh, choice will come up, because uh, it's Ray's E, House for Love, and then we have Claire's, which is Wemby, Heartbeat of My Life. Let's see what you think about this. Once hug once, we finally here. No longer boys, we raise them now, we keep it clear. Me and CNACs grow, we stop and cheer. Graduation, we smile at the same time, shed a tear. In high school, we was fresh, rock the latest gear. Years later, nothing changed, still classic full beard. Remember hanging on the block, used to crack a beer. Tap of smoke wasn't good, but we had no fear. Fast forward, you think, don't wanna be stuck. Lost a couple of friends, now you feel you had enough. You go and get that girl, so I thought I act up. The streets, it's enslaved, us all over, do they love us? Got involved with time, eventually, man. Up. Disrespect your family is the only way you ain't handcuffs. Remember when they tried to diss you for laying up? Now every time you talk to your day ones, you doing the same stuff. Still love my folks. We ain't spoke in a minute, but we still close. You better love that girl. Throw the whole dude away if he ain't your world. Still love my folks. We ain't spoke in a minute, but we still close. You better love that girl. Throw the whole dude away if he ain't your world. I used to hang on the block, now I hang with my family. Even times like this, I'll be missing my granny. If you don't enjoy Ken, then you wouldn't understand me. Bro's on another run, about to snatch up Stanley. Heard you got engaged recently, that's a good thing. Proposed by dining out, he gave you the shiny ring. Marriage was only a dream, you was focused on other things. Till you found you a king that was only fit for a queen. Congrats on a new baby, got one in the stomach. Put up your child's ways, you better love that woman. Y'all broke up over time, never seen that coming. Got back, now you sell it's what I call 100 Love's a strong bond, even glass can shatter Treat it the same way the day that you got out of Move us one, stay away from social media and chatter Keep climbing up the ladder, the other stuff don't matter ah. Still love my folks, we ain't spoke in a minute But we still close You better love that girl, throw the whole dude away if he ain't your world Still love my folks, we ain't spoke in a minute But we still close you better love that girl, throw the whole dude away if he ain't your world. Still love my folks, we ain't spoke in a minute, but we still close. You better love that girl, throw the whole dude away if he ain't your world. Still love my folks, we ain't spoke in a minute, but we still close. You better love that girl, throw the whole dude away if he ain't your world. on holding on to hope that we can find our way back to that state of mind when we first fell in love I keep on telling myself that I need to find a way to make you see how much you mean to me 
at the times we've spent our lives apart Even though we're still close at heart I may not have all the answers But I do promise to stand by your side From now until the end of Wemby, Heartbeat of My Life, and before that, Erase and House of Love, both rising stars on Phoenix Radio. And we want to see our Phoenix rising stars um, on our show as soon as we can. So, Claire, let's, uh, let's look back on our, our, our first on our two first hours. first show, how was, how was that? How was that for you, dear? Well, I think it was all right. How was it for you, dear? <laughs> Um, it was good. I really enjoyed that. that I think was... that went really quickly. I think mm-hmm. we had some great guests on. So yep. thank you very much to all of our guests. Yeah, thanks, um, for, just... thanks for Barry for coming in. Thank you and so that much terrible to Barry. Cold, oh, he was, yeah. He was in a way, but well That's done. Um, just, just so you know, for next week, Dan Entignap agrees with me. Die Hard is a Christmas film. We'll talk about it later. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> okay, so um, that's all from us this week. Yes, so next week, don't forget, it's what's your favourite Christmas film. We're going to be debating that and having a massive argument, which is exciting. Um, the reviewers we want, who who wants to go to Barking and watch the panto there and then come on the show, please come on the show. And if anybody else, in terms of Phoenix Rising, it's not just about musicians, it's not just about artists. If any, any kind of artist, anybody that is making a, a career for themselves is starting off um, in the arts or in, and arts and culture more broadly, and you want to come in and talk to us, then please do. We'd love to showcase what you do. Um, and we'll hopefully have more competitions and things next week as well. We will indeed. Thank you, Barry. Thank you, Natasha. Thank you, Hetty. Thank you, Millie. Thank you, Claire. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Rob. And we will see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>